Well, here at the Superhuman Registration Prog, uh, Pod, 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 what are we called? Here at the Super. <laughs> <laughs> The world's not as simple as it used to be. It's not enough to be a good guy anymore. We have to be the best. The time has come. All will be accounted for. Or we will hunt them. Stand up. It's time to be the heroes we were always meant to be. several mini strokes like our commander in chief oh my gosh have you guys seen the soup dialogue no i need What's to. the soup dialogue this is so is it why are you buying clothes in a soup store is it jordan joe McHale? joel McHale? The, 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 no it's it's donald trump being just the dumbest human being in the world as oh. he is but he he goes on this this diatribe about soup and how protesters are carrying around cans of soup and they're throwing cans of soup instead of bricks because you can't throw a brick but you can throw a can of soup because you get better velocity on it and they have bags of soup that they're throwing but then if they get caught by the police it's like oh no this is just soup for my family and then the media says it's just soup for his family this is oh like like the 17 year old was just neighborhood okay no can't do it anymore can't do it i'm done i reached my peak (laughs) Uh, anyways there's a really good comedic bit uh, about a character who needs help from somebody else so he calls him up and he's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm buying clothes. He's like, okay, hurry up. And he's like, hold on, there's only soup. And he's like, what do you mean there's only soup? He's like, there's just soup. He's like, go to the next aisle. And he's like, it's just more soup. He's like, where, where are you right now? He's like, I'm at the soup store. He's like, why are you buying clothes at the soup store? <laughs> Anyways, that's what I thought you were Wait, referring Wait, is that the to. end of the joke? Uh, well, he yells some profanities at him. That's oh, <laughs> he, th- he just yells. He just he just yells like, he's like, you don't got to yell at me. F you. F you. And then they hang up. <laughs> it's a dumb boy, bit. That's, boy, that's up there with who's on first. <clears throat> yeah, that's it's my it's the, my favorite dumb thing in the world. And every time somebody says soup or that they're buying clothes, like instant reaction. Well, I think we need to go ahead and get started, guys. It's it's getting late o'clock. Hey, welcome to the Superhuman Registration Podcast. We're here to talk about comics, and one comic in particular, and it's... Guys, it it hurts my heart to read about best friends fighting like this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) These are all good, good friends, and they have ideological differences that they just cannot get over, and so they fight... And it's just really sad to watch. This is not a bit. This is sincere. From the bottom of my heart, I am very sad that best friends Cyclops and Captain America are fighting. Those characters with their rich history. (laughs) But at least Wolverine and Cyclops made up, and now they share girlfriends. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I was trying to think. I was like, in my head, like, Cyclops, like... Was there like a montage of them pushing each other on the swings or something? Or <laughs> is that just me trying to attach meaning to? Anyway, <laughs> I um, I kind of love the visual of uh, of Captain America on the swing, but like on his butt he has the shield, and Cyclops just pushes him with his eye beams. 
And that's how he pushes him on the swing. Just zap, zap, wee, pump yeah. those legs, cap, zap. Hey, zap. Scotty Young, if you're watching, uh, if you're listening, can you can you draw that? Thanks. Oh, man. That's more of an A and A kindergartners versus X kindergartners instead of A babies versus X babies. <laughs> um, I have I have a, a the summary. We are reading Avengers versus X Men, a 2011, 2012. Now I got to look. <laughs> Didn't you need time to prepare? Shouldn't this hey, have been part hey, of your preparation? Hey, hey, shut your hole. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 2012. Um, interesting thing, uh, Greg Capullo decided to join DC um, because when it came down to it, he was either going to work on this as one of the artists or draw Batman. And, uh, I mean, I love my superheroes fighting, my Marvel superheroes constantly fighting as much as the next guy, but if you have a chance to draw Batman... Okay. I mean, not only uh, that, he went on to draw like one of the best Batman runs in like recent years. I'm I'm kind of lukewarm on the Snyder run on Batman. Not on Capullo's art, though. I really like. I'm lukewarm on your lukewarm opinion of <laughs> Snyder's run. That is a sensible response. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do my thing now. Okay. All right, let's go. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there has to be. There has to be a reason that the Phoenix keeps coming back to us, here to us, looking, looking for something. Why does it keep them? keep coming back to us. The Avengers vs. X-Men conflict was fought in a number of locations. Utopia, Wakanda, the Savage Land, Wondagore, Latveria, Tabula Rasa, Kunlun, and the Dark Area of the Moon. From ancient grudge break to new mutiny where civil bloods make civil hand unclean. The X-Men would see their leaders become heroes, idealists, protectors, and then the worst villains of mutant kind. We see a super soldier fighting to protect, an ageless steel-clawed warrior fighting for survival at any cost, a billionaire tech genius struggling to understand the mysticism of the world around him, a mutant hero turned tyrant, a mutant avenger feared or hated by her allies and her people seeking redemption, and a young mutant girl who could turn out to be a martyr, messiah, or martinet. The Avengers would rise to the occasion only to be repeatedly beat by the mightier power of the X-Men and the Phoenix Five, a power mis-underestimated in these post-MCU days where B-list superheroes are given a spotlight. Seriously, who was Iron Fist next to Wolverine, Storm, or Magneto? Where was all this mystical kung fu in the 80s with Jean Grey? You figure this big of a tenet of the Iron Fist would be, through the ages would come up before now. The comic event decades in the making will divide friends, reunite closeted geeks with their love of superheroes, and bring us the greatest spectacle of sequential art. Colossus with a beard. This is Avengers vs. X-Men. Was the bearded Colossus actually in this story? Hey, shut up, Steven! John, you, you made you made my, my insides feel like my outsides. You killed me. <laughs> I am oh, dead. Goodness. Me and Ken Burns killed you, sir. <laughs> yeah, Doug the Ashokan farewell there. That was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Takes me back to the days when when my little brother was taking piano lessons because he definitely learned how to play that song. Oh no! So you've heard it a million times wrong. A million times. No. That and I'm not kidding. One of my other brothers, his favorite movie 
was that Civil War documentary it, I mean, for hey, a hot minute. Ca- cards on the table, it's real good. Like, you, you put Ken Burns behind anything and I'll watch it. I haven't watched... Uh, the Roosevelt's or the National Parks of the Jazz Age yet, but the uh, Vietnam one was particularly good. Um, uh, Civil War, obviously, but the baseball baseball thing that one was great. So, <laughs> John, where where do you where do you get the audacity to wait two years to like to peak on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the worst part is the worst part is is that we read Civil War and we didn't do that. <laughs> I mean, you could have saved it for Civil War Two. No, uh, no, he couldn't save it for Civil, Civil War Two because we did Civil War first. Yeah, we're not we, we're not we're not reading Civil War Two. No, I was making a joke about Civil War Two. T O O. Yes. Also. Uh huh. Thanks. No. Hey, you spo- almost got me too. Spoiler alert! Ooh. Uh, Hawkeye kills Hulk. Dumb. The end. Like, <laughs> let, let's not bother. <laughs> oh, wait, does he kill Cap? Does he kill Hulk? He kills both. It's dumb. I feel like you're really losing your grasp on this argument real fast. <laughs> so we're talking about Avengers versus X-Men. Now, I am a huge X-Men fan, and my favorite X-Men story is what precedes this, um, which is uh, Second Coming. And Second Coming talks about Hope Summers, who is the mutant messiah. The first mutant born after... Uh, see, anytime you do the X-Men, you have to explain six big things that happen. <laughs> yep. That's why I just don't. That's why. That's why I said 2020 I was going to read X-Men, and then I gave up. <laughs> no, you just have to, like, pick and choose. Like, no, it doesn't. No, you're going to have to do it all. Because you read one thing... And to understand and get the full scope of it, you have to read something before it and something before. So, in the interest of, you know, not going back too many dominoes, um, <laughs> the thing that you need to know is that Hope Summers is the mutant messiah. The first mutant born after Scarlet Witch said, no more mutants. Um, at Avengers, and uh, um, friggin' uh, House of M. M-Day. And... She was taken to the future by Cable. This is in X-Men Messiah Complex. Um, All the different parties are hunting for her. We already read this one. Um, She's taken to the future by Cable to escape, and they're chased by Bishop because Bishop is, you know, now the timeline has been changed where she is the reason why he grew up in a terrible future where mutants were put in camps and branded and all of this. And... Messiah War is not great, but Messiah Complex was good, and Second Coming is really good. Um, they've the mutants have settled on Utopia, an island off the coast of San Francisco. Um, in Second Coming, she doesn't even know that she's a mutant for sure. Like she's a mutant, she knows, but she doesn't know what her powers are. She doesn't know what she can do, and it comes down to it. They're fighting for their survival. The um, Sentinels. Um, Nimrod from the future. That Sentinel has come back and put up a, a bubble around. Uh, Utopia, and it's going to exterminate all the mutants, get them all in one place. And she is able to draw on her powers and win because uh, Hope Summers is... It, there's there's no other way to say it. It's, she's Peter Petrelli from Heroes in the first season. Uh, she's an empath. She can replicate anyone's powers. And she can do multiple powers at the same time. And so um, after that, preceding 
Avengers versus X-Men, she is going to find new mutants because at the end of that, a few new mutants pop up on Cerebro, which is something that hasn't happened in forever. What is the very last thing that ha- that's the very last thing that happens immediately before that was Emma Frost noticing uh, uh, an outline of a phoenix in fire while they're all at a bonfire celebrating, hooray, the mutants aren't going to die off completely. And uh, Emma, Emma goes to tell Cyclops, and Cyclops is looking at Cerebro and is thrilled because there are new mutants. So... Now we can start with the <laughs> Avengers vs. None of X-Men. that was a recap of the story that we actually read. <laughs> I, I was enthralled before I remembered exactly <sighs> that. Well, I should just quit. <laughs> you'll, just oh, have, you'll just have Sean Crowther, some, some B-list, second-rate me, to be on your show. And you can, you can... Hey, does anyone know why Colossus is Juggernaut in the beginning of this? Yeah, because he has the power of the Sidorak. Okay, thanks, since this is my first day on the planet. Uh, thank you. You remember how you said, like, with <laughs> X-Men, sometimes you just have to go back and explain, like, six different things? Yeah. Oh, I, so I now mean, you guys aren't willing to do the work. Well, I mean, I'm just, okay. I mean, I just here. I just said he has the power of the Sidorak. You want me to go into detail how Juggernaut's powers actually aren't his powers, no, but like a mystical the thing the called the Sidorak. Yeah, yeah, he's not actually a mutant, which I didn't know for a long time. Uh, Juggernaut first appearing in issue 12 of X-Men back in 63. Uh, okay, point okay. of order. Juggernaut's <laughs> not even in this book. No, but his helmet uh, is, Stephen. Uh, his helmet is. It's I'm not his helmet. First, if it's on Colossus's head, it's Colossus's helmet. It's like Eddie Izzard. These aren't women's clothes. I'm wearing them. They're my clothes. <laughs> he's a male tomboy. <laughs> he's, he is... Oh... He's funny. Anyway. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, so Nova shows up, and... <laughs> the, Avengers, the Avengers intercept Nova, who warns them the Phoenix is coming. The Avengers are like, well, uh, we gotta go do something about the X-Men, and the X-Men are like, hey, uh, Hope just flared up, and uh, they're, they're gonna be on to us soon. And the Avengers show up at Utopia, and they fight um, Hope. Uh, Wolverine just is like, well, gotta straight-up kill Hope. Tries to go kill her. She uses her Phoenix powers to subdue everybody. Burns him up. Um, the X-Men escape with some great trickery from magic. Um, taking out Stephen Strange, who's kind of nerfed in this, which is okay. Um, yeah. Hope goes off on her own because she grew up with Cable, um, living, uh, you know, in a in a wasteland, trying to stay one step ahead of people trying to kill her. She was able to send her signal all over the world, and they don't know where she is. Wolverine, she uh, she finds Wolverine, who Cap was like, Wolverine, you got to get out of here. You're sitting out of this mission because you were going to straight up kill the girl. Like Cap, I'm not really on his side in this one, but he didn't want to just straight up kill Hope. Um, Hope finds Wolverine, offers him beer in exchange for a ride to the moon. I mean, that's that is what happened. Let's not, you know, dance around. Anyway, she's like, I want to deal with this thing, and I think you're the only one I can trust to like help me with it. And so they go to the blue area of the moon, but that's where they they face off uh, the Avengers uh, because friggin' Wolverine told them. Um, the X Men are able to catch up. Because well, I think Rachel Summers was playing both sides. Anyway, there's another showdown on the moon. Um, Iron Man has prepared a way to deal with the Phoenix Force. And what it ends up doing is splitting the power into five. And Cyclops, Emma Frost, 
Ileana Rasputin, Pyotr Rasputin, uh, Colossus, and Namor, who this week is a, is a mutant, um, all get a portion of the Phoenix power. And for a while, they, they, are, they are holding the power until Hope is ready for it, because she is the chosen vessel of the, of the Phoenix force. But then uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely, and they kind of become tyrants. They, they don't kind of become tyrants. They totally do become tyrants. They do solve a lot of the world's problems, but then um, kind of their heads get too big, and they... Um, start to kind of turn on each other and when you take out one of the Phoenix Five, their powers are split so Namor loses his power and everyone else gets powered up a little bit uh, one of my favorite parts is when they're um, escaping Limbo where Ileana Rasputin is, you know, in charge um, Spider-Man uh, stays behind to make sure everyone can get an escape and um, straight up Bugs Bunnies his way out of dying horribly and gets Colossus and Magic to turn on each other and they lose their powers and it comes down to Emma and Scott Summers and Scott goes straight up evil and turns into basically the you know old version of Magneto and takes Emma's power and is, uh, uns- is mightier than anybody. Anybody. The whole Avengers, anybody. Um, while this is going on, Magneto sees this happening and is worried, turns to Charles Xavier. Uh, Xavier is kind of gathering up people to oppose Scott. Um, it comes down to Scarlet Witch, who is, you know, not, um, M-Day, not, uh, House of M powerful, but still very powerful. And Hope, um, taking on Scott and, um, it ends very abruptly if you only look at this event and not... All the dominoes that preceded it, knocking down to this point, but they say no more Phoenix, just echoing the no more mutants. And it's a nice bookend because Hope was the new mutant after Scarlet Witch said no more mutants, and now she's there to say no more Phoenix and um, kind of bring some redemption to Scarlet Witch. And uh, Hope, you know, uh, is able to overcome this uh, horrible thing that happened to her. And now I'm going to sit and listen to you guys talk because I'm tired of talking. It's been 20 minutes. <clears throat> okay, but were they actually like insane? No, the, I think that's part of like the Phoenix was kind of corrupting uh, them the, a little the, bit. Yeah, corruption. Okay, corruption by the Phoenix, sure. Because here's the thing: like you read it, and you're waiting for that moment when they like, oh, they crossed the line. Oh, now all of the heroes like mistrust and and uh, action against them is is totally justified, and it kind of oh, doesn't come. I'm sorry, it because does. I forgot. I forgot a key point. Cyclops kills Charles Xavier. Yeah, but he's kind of already going mad at that point. He's. Th- I mean, he he had already. Well, I or mean, if we're looking for if we're looking for a point of no return, like absolute no return. Oh, you. I mean, you don't. You don't think it's when they drown Wakanda? Well, uh, I mean, now I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but sure. For sure, the the old white man. Sorry. Yeah, that's the point. In my head. Oh, jeez, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of this happening in the real world. That like my stupidity and uh, inattention to detail will will turn me into a, 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 a accidental racist. I didn't mean to be the bad guy that you thought I was. Calm down. You're not Billie Eilish just yet. It's like I can't. I don't even know what she's done. I'm. Uh, uh, she she you're not, a song called Bad Guy. You're not the bad guy. Duh. Oh, I, I <laughs> don't listen to pop <laughs> music. <laughs> Thanks, Steven. You're picking up what I'm putting down. <laughs> Man, 
man, that song's really good. It anyway, is. Um, I love that song. That song's really good. But anyway, like, so the thing is, okay, you've got two sets of heroes fighting each other, right? You've got the X-Men, the, the underdogs, the, the stand-in for any number of marginalized groups. The, the group that, like, we like the X-Men. The X-Men are probably Marvel's most popular property uh, taken, Ex- like, Except overall. for Spider-Man. Except for Spider-Man, right. Look at the whole history of Marvel Comics, and Spider-Man's the only one who beats X-Men for a level of popularity over a period of time. Hey, that happens in this book, too. Hey. <laughs> uh, but then, then you've also got, you know, the Avengers. And the Avengers are super popular as well. You've got, you know, notable characters like Captain America and Iron Man, both of whom have been featured in, you know, massively popular movies and so That's got these where two... I know them from. Oh, yeah. boy, that was bothering me. Ooh. So you've got these two groups of heroes. Like, you want to root for both of them. The thing is, you can't because they both suck, like, most of the time. Yep. And honestly, I feel like the Avengers are the biggest aggressors for most of the story. And it pretty much isn't until the Wakanda part where you're like, oh... Now, all of a sudden, the aggression that the Avengers have been showing against the the Penis Five makes sense. Okay, and, um, okay, hold can up. we... You have to explain that. I did. In the context of this episode. Okay, fine. So, <laughs> the five X-Men who get the powers of the Phoenix are Pyotr Rasputin, Pyotr. Uh, Ra- Emma Frost, Ra- Namor... Namor McKenzie, his last name is McKenzie, uh, <laughs> Ileana Rasputin, and Scott Summers. First initial of each of their first names spells out the word penis. Again, I did not come up with this joke. I heard it from Jay and Miles explain the X-Men. But that's our, those are our main antagonists for the last half of the story. They're Although the you, see, you see the links that he goes to... To I I know make up for when, when he was an elementary school kid, somebody wrote pen fifteen on his hand, <laughs> and he's still the fallout is still going on. Okay. Oh gosh, it's funny because I'm traumatized. So, <laughs> oh. but anyway, like the thing is, you don't. I I have a hard time really like disagreeing with Scott Summers' stance, disagreeing with the stance that the mutants take. Pretty much until the moment that Namor destroys Wakanda. And even then, it's Namor and screw that guy. Yeah. Because nobody likes yeah. Namor. More like Imperius Rex. More like Imperius Douche. <laughs> Imperius <laughs> Rectum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's better. That's so much better. John, you why, why you this episode? <laughs> it's X-Men, dude. I love X-Men. Yeah, but anyway, like, so, you remember how in, in Civil War, like, you're supposed to be able to see both sides of the debate, right? You're supposed to say, yes. oh, Iron Man really has a good point, or, oh, Captain America also has a really good point, oh, I don't know who to side with, but in actuality, it's just Captain America Cap- is yep. right the whole time. Yep. I feel like this story is kind of the same thing, except they felt bad making Iron Man the butt monkey all the time, so they make Captain America the unreasonable one. 
Yeah. Because he's yeah. so aggressive. Like, he brings all of the Avengers to show up for a fist fight. Like, he's going to take Hope by force, whatever anybody else says. And it's like, you can't talk first. None of you know how to talk first. You are all colleagues, it, like, give or take. It, 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 it frustrates me. Yeah, and I think my problem with this book is, uh, is it really, it really just wants to get to like the X Men versus Avengers part of the book, um, because it's the first book. Like at the end of the first book, like they start throwing punches, and like the second book, like just starts out with that, and then they had like a like a supporting spinoff series. That was just the fights like that's all they wanted. And you can tell that it feels like it feels like you had two different writers. You had one writer really struggling to like make a story about like what does the Phoenix Force mean to like the world as a whole. And you had another writer who was like, okay, but what if the Hulk just like bashed in Emma Frost's face? Uh, You say that you had two different writers. You had five. Yeah. yeah, that's also so. <laughs> so I didn't put uh, when I was looking up because I, I I handled the the I guess our database quote, quote um, and I tried to put in all the writers and artists. I gave up. I was like, I'll ta- I'll tackle I'll tackle that some other time. I don't. That's a lot of writers. It's a lot of artists. There's just I don't, an asterisk, and it's like all of them. Like <laughs> yeah, the, the, just everybody. The, just the main just, string. Just look up who was on Marvel payroll in like 2012, and that's that's who it is. I mean, kind of, yeah. And I mean, there's only eight if you count just the writers and just the artists, but that doesn't get you into inks or colors or letters, and cover art is different. Like, it's a whole team. And I feel like you look at the writers, these are all writers that we really like, yeah. I think. We've read, oh, I think yeah. we've read books from all of these individuals. On the podcast, we like them all. Jason Aaron, Brian Michael Bendis, Ed Brubaker, Jonathan Hickman, Matt Fraction. We like them all. A lot. They're very different. Oh, writers. I could have had Matt Fraction sign one of my Avengers vs. X-Men books. <laughs> but was it one of the ones that he actually scripted? Yeah. Because they all worked on the story, but they only scripted like individual issues. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I could have like, looked. Uh... <laughs> It's like the, there's a picture of Jack Nicholson looking particularly angry when someone handed him Heath Ledger's Joker headshot to sign. You don't want uh, to be that. Guy. I love that. Okay, well you you can be that guy. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that to Matt Fraction. I'd be like, "Sir, um <laughs> So uh, uh I've ranted about this book a lot. I have a lot to rant about. I have a lot to say about event comics and I tend to focus on the negative even if I don't entirely dislike the books. Um, just, I, I, I don't like event comics very much unless you have like very clear vision, very clear thesis, the sort of like fun, dust up, completely superfluous summer blockbuster event sort of event comic doesn't do much for me. I don't tend to like those very much. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Somebody else jump in. I don't. Otherwise, I'll be ranting for another hour. Well, let me uh, look up this article I found over the weekend. That was. uh, uh, Dang it. I can't find it anymore. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
I was like, 12 reasons why X-Men versus X-Men is an underrated event comic. Oh, here, I found it. Ten, ten reasons why Avengers vs. X-Men is Marvel's most underrated event. That's a bold, that's a bold headline. Where's, where is this from? Just so we give credit to... Uh, com, com, uh, CBR.com. Okay. Comic book resources? I'm assuming that's what the R stands for? Yep. I believe that's correct. Yeah. Uh, article was written by Caleb Bailey. I've pulled it up. Oh, well, okay, cool. Thanks for doing my job. You're welcome. You're one of, <laughs> one of those managers. <laughs> I'm going to need you to pull up the reports uh, from Tuesday. Okay, boss. You go to deliver them. He's like, uh, don't worry. I already pulled them up myself. <laughs> <laughs> and why have me? That's a good question. You're fired. No. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, reason number eight is it fixed Scarlet Witch. <laughs> Counterpoint. <laughs> Nuh-uh. <laughs> All right. Uh, hold on. Let me find. Uh, reason number four, it retconned the House of M. No, it literally didn't. Okay. Uh, number two, uh, the, the Cyclops was right debate. Okay, that one I'll give it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, number one, Avengers plus X-Men. Oh, I mean, that might actually be possible. I, the good thing about all of these big summer event dustups is that the comics that follow them tend to be really interesting because they are, you know, good status quo shakeups. Like Civil War itself is kind of mediocre, I think, uh, as evidenced by its position on our list. <laughs> but the comics that all took place around and after civil war really yeah. good uh number reason number six this is my favorite reason uh essentially everything spider-man did dang right actually so maybe i missed it maybe i read through this too fast but i remember there distinctly being a moment where he like has like a real heart-to-heart moment with uh with hope and like yep. teachers or something was this in this book and i missed it or was it in like one of the side books it, i think it i think it's happened in kunlun but now i'm wondering if it was in the side book it was in kunlun it was in issue 9 it's it's just that that one bit where he's like uh daniel's son in her yeah but there's a little <laughs> bit on page 6 in the app uh Spider-Man's talking to to Hope, and he's like, doesn't matter how many gods or super soldiers or hulks they got on the payroll, once you're an Avenger, it never fails. Sooner or later, the time comes when it's your turn to step up to the plate. You just got to make sure you're ready. And, like, that is the setup for... This is his step-up-to-the-plate moment, because he goes toe-to-toe with Colossus and Ileana at the same time, and sort of rare rabbits them into to beating each other up. No, don't throw me into that briar patch. Now, see, my my example was Bugs Bunny, which is much less problematic. Yeah. Uh, you know what? <laughs> yes, you are correct. <laughs> but that's not... In this instance, in this instance, Warner Brothers is less problematic than Disney. Yeah. Not always the case. That's, that's, nope. not, that's not like the moment, though. I thought there was like a... I remember there being a different moment in here. Like a Are real... you mixing it up with the with the Age of Ultron, where uh, Hawkeye's talking to Scarlet Witch? Well, there might be something in one of the the side books that's beyond that. That's the one that's in here that I remember. Yeah. Okay. So the moment I'm thinking of is like somewhere else, but like, yeah. Oh, it was in the AVX series. Oh, that's a bummer. I found I found like this the the, the pages, and he's like, 
Uh, it's like, yeah, uh, hold on. Let me, find, let me find like the good quote. He's like, you can live every day of your life trying to think of something more profound or more on the nose. But for us, for people like us who suddenly find themselves looking out at a crazy world and not knowing what the hell we're supposed to be doing in it, I can tell I can tell you that just remembering that great power comes great responsibility can completely define you. And like that's like his his like Uncle Ben moment to her. Um, and that's unfortunately, and like we were just saying, uh, you know, in one of the side books, which was like AVX. Yep. I remember when this book was coming out, a lot was made about the fact that, you know, you've got the main event comic and then you've got AVX, which was just the fighting. Like yeah. if all you wanted was the fighting, like who would win the fight between AVX. Red Hulk and whoever. Yeah. And I, I have a lot of those. I, I mean, uh, I have two complete sets of the Avengers versus X-Men series. Yeah. And I'm not, ha- I'm not proud of it. <laughs> actually, actually, no, I think I got rid of one of them. I think I sold it to the comic book store because I was just tired because I was all like, I was like that young, stupid comic book capitalist. I was like, I got two copies. I'll get one for myself and another one to sell. Ha ha. And then like, uh. because it's Avengers versus X-Men, it like never was worth much. <laughs> <laughs> so then I just sold it for like pennies to the dollar to the comic book store. Yeah, it seems like you, there's no way to, I don't know, since X-Men number one came out where it was like, you know, five million copies or whatever, where everyone's like, this is going to be it. I'm going to retire on that. I just, yeah, anytime you think like this is going to be, yeah, don't make your financial planning on like, you know, selling that copy of, you know. Yeah, I, I learned my lesson, uh, you know, eight years ago. <laughs> hopefully i think i'd like to think but uh but yeah so like that really good moment it's not in the main book just like every good spider-man moment in civil war is not in the book right (sighs) so let's talk about the moments that were in this book were any of them good discuss i like the moment where he bugs bunnies or spider-man bugs bunnies uh the rasputins ra ra rasputin the russian queen that was cool. That was that was really good. That's also that's also one of those moments where like you can tell the Phoenix force is also driving them kind of mad or it's exaggerating their darker impulses cuz like Colossus is still like really struggling to like stick to the right path and and Eliana is like brother, why don't you just kill him? And he's like, "But sister, what would that make me?" <laughs> and uh you sound just like them. Yeah, I, that's what I hoped to uh, convey. I'm not... Okay, look, I don't <laughs> drop my... I, I have a degree in Russian much, but... Hey, Aldo. <laughs> yes, comrade. <laughs> At least say Tavarish like you know the real word. <laughs> I was there two years. Nobody ever called me Tavarish or comrade. Nice. It was always, hello, America. Hello. <laughs> See, I sounded just like you right there. Okay, but it's not it's not okay if you do it. It's not okay if you do it. <laughs> right. Do you know how cold it is in Siberia? Do you know that I spit on metal fence and it froze? <laughs> as cold as balls. <laughs> <laughs> Alright then. Uh that was a neat moment. Man, I'm trying to find look, I'm trying to Is it not does it not exist? Did I have this in a fever dream? Probably. I can't. <laughs> I can't find the moment in AVX when we get Colossus with a beard. And it's the best. It's the best. 
Um, I also, I also really, actually, I actually really do like the lead up to Hulk smashing uh, Emma Frost. That's a weird sentence. Um, but like the yeah, it is. the the moment, like it, I think it starts out or it ends the book with like Captain America just being like giving a little speech, and he's like, you know, if this if this ends, it ends for everybody. And then like the Hulk is just yeah. like, yes, the Hulk will smash for you. That was that was cool. It was a cool I, I mean, it was but... except the Hulk didn't do anything. After he that. hit her in the back of the head. And? He smashed once. <laughs> and he didn't specify how many smashes he was gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> like if I can bring up another grievance with this book, <laughs> I feel like a lot of the characters were set up to have really meaningful moments, and then they kind of didn't have them. Like, yeah, like example. the Hulk. That's probably the the most egregious one. Uh-huh. Um I kind of question the the involvement of like Scarlet Witch and Hope together cuz it's like these are the two like these are the two that are going to defeat the 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 Phoenix Force and it's all just kind of like oh it's just because they're stronger. It's just because they hit harder with magic stuff. And it's the Scarlet Witch throws the magic and then Hope throws the magic because she can imitate the Scarlet Witch. Um, but she's a mutant at this point in time? Yes, because she's a mutant at this point in time. Uh, isn't she still a mutant? I don't know, Steven. <laughs> Wait, Scarlet Witch? Can or... you keep up with that? Can you keep up with the, with the mutant status? I, I feel like they don't actually change people from mutant to not a mutant very often. No, no but they do, the with, te- they do with uh, Piotr and Wanda. Uh, I, I only think they did that for the movies, honestly. Because I think in the comics, there's they're mutants straightforward. The only one that I know who like for sure changed was Squirrel Girl. Yeah, I'm gonna look this up. Uh, how many how how many times has <laughs> Wanda and oh, Peter man. not? You're gonna go down this rabbit hole. It's next. Been oh, mutants. It's, oh no. <laughs> oh, and and as while you're looking that up. Uh, Iron Fist also feels like he's getting set up for a big moment that just kind of doesn't happen. Yeah, the closest we get is like uh, the the Thunderer. I can't remember his name, uh, so I'm not gonna yeah. try to guess. Yeah, the, thund- the Thunderer, the thunderer yeah, comes in. He's riding he's, yeah. on on the Iron Fist dragon, and Scott just totally no sells it and knocks the dragon out, and that's kind of the end of it. Yeah. It's not super great. The only thing that I think kind of redeems the hope side of things is how she gets... Like, she actually winds up getting the Phoenix power, and they make a big deal about her being the one who has the strength to let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know who does get a... Who, you know who does get, like, a big moment, but, like, has no setup at all for it? Is Nova. Nova kind of does, yeah. Yeah, he has that big moment where he, like tackles scott and it's but there's no setup he appears at the beginning of the book you said intercepted really he landed not not even that that's too much credit he crashed like a comet yeah he crashed onto earth well he he like yeah tapped into all of his strength and almost died to get to give them enough warning yeah 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 but he didn't get intercepted he just he just smacked into earth um (laughs) and uh yeah, so like he, he's kind of MIA for the rest of the book until he tackles Scott. And then like he has a cute little moment with Thor where Thor's like, 
Yeah, yeah, you would be a great adventure. I don't know why I made him like half Russian British. Um, <laughs> and then he's like, cool, I'll talk to my mom. <laughs> I like Kid Nova. I know that's not his name, but I really like Sam him. Sam Ryder. Sam Ryder. Yeah, I like him too. Yeah, Sam Ryder. He's Hispanic. See, he is? He is. Remember, we read we the read book. That first book. I don't remember that aspect of his character very well. Uh, oh, no. I'm sorry. I see how it is. No, I see how it is. Believe this guy. <laughs> Awkward. Stephen, <laughs> you, should, you should. Stephen, you should be given more time to bring up your legitimate complaints um, and rants and whatever. That's fine. Yeah, go uh, ahead. Because uh, what I will say is that the art, the the paneling, the coloring, the the inking, the lettering. It's beautiful. It's all yes, and and I do not enjoy the way um, John Romita Jr. does faces and and like this, the you know some of these issues. It's you know rotating artists and everything like that. It doesn't matter. It's all it's all good. It's all good. I love it. It's it's great. Um, you get some really cool um, moments. Some really cool spreads. Uh, the page where. Um, Cyclops takes out uh, Professor X is is terrifying and, and well done. All of the stuff in Limbo where where Spider Man is taking on uh, the Rasput the Rasputini um, is really good. Um, that was correct. You shut your face. That's <laughs> fine. And uh, Rasputinov. Crap. Now I'm. Quoting. <laughs> no. Rasputinovi. No, that's wrong. Ra okay, so. <laughs> Don't you? Hey, don't you bring your check? I think Russian's older, so I can play the "Shut up, it's a spin-off language." <sighs> that was a really cool class. Is when I learned about like the Slavic languages, where they came from, and and what, where, like all that kind of like roots and things like that. You know, it was very interesting. I did okay in that class. <laughs> <clears throat> um, great, just great, great art all around. Um, Agreed. And and moments of I think I think Stephen that you need to you need to give the the book a grain of salt the, the that it is a cake topper to a big huge wedding cake of X Men history and it gets better when seen in the context of all of that now. Uh, could it have been better? Yeah. Should there have been maybe one person at the helm? Maybe. Um, could the plotting have been, you know, a little better? Maybe. I, you know, I don't know. Rereading this, I like it better rereading it, I think, than I did the first time. Because the first time I was like, well, why are heroes fighting all the time? And then now it's like, oh, okay, it's like a, it's like a better version of Civil War because uh, I like the X-Men better. So I, I kind of had like the opposite, um... Thing. I think as an event, I think it's better than I remember it. But I think as a sing, and I th- this is the revelation I'm getting with all the comic, all the event comics that we're reading because we're only reading the main book. As a main book, it's really, it's really, it's, it's really wanting to do like the fights, but then like it's struggling with keeping up with like a story. But then you have these books that are just a fight, and you have like other supplemental books that are more of the story. And I feel like the main book just kind of suffers for it, like a lot, and and like there's like no, there's a lot of characters, and not enough characters get enough of a spotlight on the like the world changing events, and it's like it's it should be a big deal that uh, that T'Challa broke up with Storm and divorced her essentially, 
And like we get like a few panels of it. And like that's really it's not we barely get like a full page of that before we move on. And it's like, all right, we'll move on. And it's yeah. it, it feels like there's a lot of stuff here that like wants to be bigger than it is, but there's just too much happening. And like the supplemental stuff helps. I think a lot of the supplemental books really do help flesh out this event. But as a as a book by itself without supplements, it's 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 not great. <laughs> it's fine. Do you know what this story really needed? Like towards the beginning to help like establish characters, motivations, and to like give people sympathetic reasons for actually resorting to violence. They needed a moment where everybody actually came together and talked things out and expressed clearly, ideologically, why they are taking the stances that they are well before anybody actually comes prepared to throw a punch. What this needed was a Brian Michael Bendis <laughs> conference room scene. I was going to say that. I knew you were setting up for it, but just in case you weren't, I was ready. <laughs> but like, seriously. No, yes. So much. And I, yes. And, and I think, John, to some extent, I think you're right. I, I definitely well, hold on, need hold to... on. I, I have a buzzer and some confetti for this moment. Hold on. <laughs> I needed to have maybe a different attitude about this book. But part of the reason that I got so antagonistic towards it so early is the fact that Captain America shows up to talk to the X-Men, but he's brought all of the Avengers as a backup so that they can start fighting immediately. And it's just, like, from the get-go, both sides are so obstinate and so uh, just sure that they're right that they don't communicate at all. And it feels out of character for both sides, for both Cyclops and for uh, Captain America, both of whom are, you know, they're, they're soldiers. They really are. And uh, one thing that I liked about the book is how Cyclops kind of gets the soldier treatment. Like, he's a child soldier. He was raised as a teenager, like, to fight, and he's been fighting his entire life. And, and I feel like that aspect of his character comes through here really well, and it works really well. But he's also a tactician. And sometimes that involves talking same with captain america and uh, yeah the fact that they are just so quick to resort to fisticuffs doesn't seem to me like it is it suits their characters whereas wolverine's character i feel is fairly consistent throughout yep. which surprised me because i didn't think i would like the way that he approached things here i i like what wolverine's place in this book was and and it's you can I wish it had come across a little bit more just how emotional it is for him because he seems so like bloodthirsty to just straight up kill Hope or whoever has the, the Phoenix. And I wish there had just been like a moment where like the pain of that just like breaks him down a little bit. But yeah, but other than that, you know, at least he is for the main part. He is consistent. He is. And, and, you know, they do kind of spell it out a little bit. He has seen what this does. He has seen, like, what this does to, like, his his family or, or loved ones. Like, he is ready to do what must be done that nobody is willing to do. Like, the, X, the X-Men want to, like, let Hope take this in and control it. The, the Avengers are trying to, like, just avoid it entirely. And Wolverine's, like, the only one who's, like, neither of those things are going to work. We just got to kill him. 
and that's the hardest thing. I can, but I'm the best at doing. Oh, I forgot the the phrase. <laughs> I'm the best at what I do, and what I do is very marketable. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. That was it. Got it. Nailed it. Good job. Put on a t-shirt. Sell it. I went back and forth as to whether I thought Wolverine deciding to just kill Hope without, again, giving her a chance was in character for him or not in character. And ultimately, I decided that it was because Wolverine is pragmatic when it comes to violence. He's idealistic in the sense that he doesn't want children to fight. Uh, that's why I know, John, you're not too keen on it. I like the idea of Wolverine taking over as headmaster of the school because he's the old soldier who fought so that his kids, yeah. hypothetical, you know, metaphorical children, don't have to fight. I love all of that. But also, he tried to save the Phoenix. He tried to save Jean Grey. And it didn't work. Jean Grey had to kill herself at the end of the Dark Phoenix event. Wolverine remembers that, and he's willing to skip straight to the end at that point. So I actually came down on... No, I think I agree that Wolverine's actions are in character for him. It's um, real close, but this this is a moment when if you were going to push him one way or the other, he would be pushed one way or the other. And all it takes to sway him is... Not frozen beer. <laughs> Which is, you know, I was gonna still... Say, the, the hint of the memory of Jean Grey a little bit, you know, also kind of... Oh, hey. Yeah. Oh, there's a bit in here where Wolverine is, like, talking to Hope, and he says, A red-headed girl says she wants to go to the moon? I gotta take her. And I'm yeah. just like, that's gross, dude. <laughs> she's, she's not his daughter. She's a child. Yeah. She's not drawn like one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> nobody in here is drawn like a child i don't know who is one <laughs> yeah even like kids like when you when you see like uh franklin richards and uh sister richards what is her name valeria <laughs> valeria sorry my brain was like no no no, no. do you <laughs> sister richards do you do you realize do you realize that uh on the, during the events of uh of secret wars it's that the brother and sister is valeria and the kid of a thousand planets. Oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> New Patrick Willems video today it was very. I good. saw that. Yes. Although that was better than the movie Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I saw that movie for free because it was worth free. I've I've only seen like the first five minutes, and I've been told that is the only. Five minutes worth watching great, of that movie. Great visuals, a great idea. Obviously, it's you know it's not all uh, Luke Besson. It's uh, I, and I like Luke Besson, and this is some of the Luke Bassaniest Luke Besson <laughs> there ever was. But the le- the casting is garbage. It's and, and like I have nothing against Rihanna or Ethan Hawke. I I kind of like both of them. Neither one of them needed to be in the movie, <laughs> and just bad. And the, but the leads were just terrible. John, terrible. John, would yeah. you say Luke was Bassan himself? Here we go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that just took the air right out of my. Okay. <laughs> I I think on the whole, this is worth reading, if only to be understanding of what came before and what comes next, and you know, once they got their hooks in you, the X Men will will you'll read it all and you'll like it. So. Yeah, I think it's I think it's worth reading. I don't think it's 
neither as good as the people that love it say it is, but I also don't think it's as bad as the people who hate it say it is. It's a pretty standard event book. Maybe maybe on the lower end of standard, but like it's it's okay. It's a it's a book. Well, we look at the way that event comics rank on our list, you know, and we've got event comics up near the tippy top. Yes. Secret Wars. Secret Wars is number three. Uh, so, like, the ceiling for an event comic is very, very high. They can be really, really good. Yeah. What's the lowest ranked uh, I'm pretty sure Civil comic? War. You know yeah. it's Civil War. <laughs> is it Civil War? <laughs> you just... Yeah, it's Civil War. Unless we're counting Anthem Blue Cross Presents City Under Siege as an event comic. <laughs> I kind of want to. I don't think it's really... I mean, what event, Stephen? What event... <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if it would have been worth having a few last dates in high school only to have gotten into debate and speech. Just so in this moment I could more <laughs> eloquently say, Shut up, Steven, you're hate- uh, <laughs> John, John, if it helps you, um, I, I chose that. It does not, it does not make anything better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just going to say, one of us is married and the other one is not. And one of us did debate in high school. <laughs> Man, I just, yes. I don't have to say a thing. It just. <laughs> yes. There's a panel in here and I wish I could, I could f- remember the specific page and issue was in, but it shows like a lot of the X-Men and like, oh, I think it's like the last issue and like all the X-Men are in Avengers are like making up. And there's like in the panel where they show just a bunch of them just kind of hanging out being best buds again. There's. <laughs> There's Psylocke and there's Wolverine standing like right next to each other, but like Wolverine is like two full heads shorter than Psylocke. And I know he's short, but like seeing that just kind of made it hilarious to me. Dude, Wolverine should always be drawn short enough. Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> always. Yeah. I also like that they had that magnetic uh, fastball special. At the- yeah, that was pretty good. You can't have an X Men event without some sort of variation on the fastball special. Okay, I got, I got. I got one thing I think I need to, to say before we move on to the ranking. Do tell. I did the thing I did the thing that I do where I go through and I'm like taking screenshots of different pages and I'll write little notes on them. Um, and I have to highlight this one because it's about Tony Stark and how much he sucks. So, <laughs> oh, this old bugbear. Okay, here we go. This is going to be around issue five, I think. It's It's... Tony Stark is testing the Phoenix Buster armor, or he's getting in the Phoenix Buster armor to fly it up to to fight the Phoenix. And Hank Pym is talking to him, and he's like, it, "It's too bad that we don't have time for more tests." And Tony Stark says, "Testing is for suckers. We're men of science, Pym. Time to act like it. We're pioneers. We're pilots." And I'm sitting here in the middle of a pandemic where testing is a huge focus of discussion, and I'm like, "No, science is all about testing." Oh, because I think Tony Stark was a billionaire first, and then a man yeah. of science. Yeah, Tony Stark is not a scientist. Tony Stark is an Elon Musk. Tony yeah. Stark is an engineer. Yeah, he's a mechanic. If you look at a good version of him. Yeah. Ah. Uh... I gotcha. I liked, I liked Iron Man three. Iron Man three was pretty good. What well, one of the things I want to say? It's my unpopular opinion of the day. Uh, I like the costumes of the Penis Five. 
Uh, no, the, <laughs> the covers, all the costuming, it's all just top notch. Really good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I actually I actually do like that. I do like the costumes. Um, Emma Frost. Emma Frost's snack. I'll say it again. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I also like separate of that. I also like uh, that little discussion at the end of the book that Cyclops and Captain America are having. And, uh, and he's like, well, and he's like, he's telling him that the Avengers and the X-Men or they, or he's doing something to like help bridge that with like the X-Men and the, and the X-Men and stuff. And he's like, cool. Well, things, things look like they're going all right. And he gets all angry and he's like, that's don't, don't make that a win. Like, don't you dare make that a win. You fool. You stupid, stupid eye laser man. What dare you? <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, of course. <laughs> One of the fallouts is that they made Cyclops an interesting character, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is before is yeah, this is before this is what turns him into revolutionary Cyclops, yeah. right? Yeah. That comes after I think so, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. I'm I'm looking at these pages you're talking about, Stephen, where he's like testings for suckers, you know that part, and and there are several points when it's just like excuses for people to wail on each other. Like the thing is loving, like oh, I gotta fight Namor again. All right, I'm just gonna wail on him because he sucks, and uh, we get oh here we go again, uh, Colossus fighting Red Hulk. He says little punk maggot, and in Russian it says yo beautibia, which is I kill you. Yeah, Lublu Tibia is I love you. It's only one letter difference. So Man, I sure wish there was like a there was like a no- Judge that as you will. I wish there was like a notable Hispanic Marvel superhero so I could just be like John. Are, are, are there, there like No, that's why I said question. I wish. <laughs> There's, There's gotta be some like Latinx superhero who speaks in superfluous Spanish just like Colossus throws in his his ridiculous Russian and Nightcrawler has his German that he just kind of throws in like flowers at a funeral. I, I, I don't know why that's the direction I like. <laughs> <laughs> that might be why, side note, that might be why Wolverine doesn't really like Hope is because he I think he blames her and Cyclops for uh, Nightcrawler. Is Nightcrawler still dead at this point? I think Nightcrawler is still dead at this point because okay. I don't recall seeing him in any of the panels. Yeah, I feel like he would have shown up. He would have featured. He is he's like an artist's favorite. Um I wanted to say something and it's uh it's gone for it's gone now. <laughs> and, oh wait. Oh, I was gonna make some stupid joke like, yeah, isn't there like a you know, Captain Somebody going, Que horrible every now and again. <laughs> yeah, it's gone, it's gone. No, the what about Aranya? Oh, what about Aranya? What about Aranya? Is she notable like, like Colossus she... or Nightcrawler? Well, I mean, she's got an Enya in her in her name. So, Doesn't that she might have? Some, they spell some it with an Enya. Like, I don't. I thought they spelled it with a Y. I think they do. And yeah, it's Enya. Enya is is music you you know put on when you're having a nice soak in the tub. Well, her name is Anya, <laughs> and she's half Puerto Rican, half Mexican. Oh no, no, no they, she does use the uh, Enya for her pseudonym. Oh, but they later changed right. it to Spider Girl. So you know, whatever. Mm. Uh, yeah. Um, there's the the <laughs> dude from um, there's a DC Actually, one of the guys in the Suicide Squad. The the um yeah this doesn't help that I can't remember his name. Okay, Aldo, we're gonna we're gonna get you famous and uh, you can be it. We you can be it. Okay. Uh, 
right, I was going to say, uh, you know, at some point we should read a, an Aranya uh, Marvel book just so I can flex. <laughs> I'm down with it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm actually... I'm actually really excited for the books that we're going to read for next episode because, like, we read a lot of the event comics. I kind of want to try to explore some of the the less notorious books. Just the like less some of the, the the notorious less big books. <laughs> I guess less noteworthy, less notable, like less famous. <clears throat> I acknowledge your your great rap joke. Notori- notorious L I T T L E. Is <laughs> uh is Biggie's Biggie's cousin from the Midwest, <laughs> or or his uh or his Gen Z nephew, notorious Lit. Yeah, there you go. Because he's lit. He's lit. I got the joke. I don't know about Steven Aldo. We thank you, just, you know, thank you, John. Let's. Your children are Gen Zers. Mine? Actually, are your kids Gen Zers, or are they born after that? What, what's what are the, your children? What's the <laughs> What's the? <laughs> they're wonderful. Sure, <laughs> they'll they'll like. We'll I don't, see. I think that like our generation and and younger like there's not going to be the bit same divide because it's not like you know boomers and millennials who it's like where you dang kids and your smartphones and it's like stop typing in all caps at me go away you know there's not going to be that kind of thing unless uh, uh, I mean I don't know you can tell John's never seen a TikTok. <laughs> I just don't. I made a TikTok. I'm him. You made a kids. TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't. Want I'm not proud. Spied on by China. Isn't that what TikTok <laughs> is for? China to spy on us. Yeah. What are they gonna know about me that I never leave my home? <laughs> yeah. I don't have anything <laughs> clever enough to like. If I were to do like a cooking video, it would just be derivative of of cooking videos that i like or i'd be like the billionth guy to be like hey, the comic books are fun oh wait what are we doing right now crap 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 quick shh. <laughs> <sighs> i think it's time to rank unless anybody else has any last minute grievances they want to air no it's great. Uh, i have a grievance but it's not it's not about the book <laughs> i just i just i just want to say that the generation after generation z is generation alpha really yeah, and that's what that's what uh, that's what John's kids are. They're Generation Alpha. Our generation, like like you know, friggin' millennials, like that that just was dumped on. Like we didn't get to name ourselves. I don't know if you ever get to name yourself, but it was all of a sudden they were like, "Hey, hey millennials, dang you!" And like by the time they were griping about millennials, they were lumping. They were like taking kid behavior and dumping it on millennials. Who it turns out oh, already are like trying to get a mortgage and pay off student loan and are screwed because of friggin' boomers and it's like everyone from 1980 to 1994. Do you know how much difference there is between someone born in 1980 versus 1994? Like that's too big. It's too big. And so I'm an old grumpy millennial apparently, and there are lots of other millennials. But like I guess it's like if you know about He-Man and Pokemon, you're a millennial. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It's. I feel like that's a good criterion to use to define a generational divide. <laughs> what pop culture did you experience as a child? No, yeah. I fell off. I fell off of like the fad, like the show or uh, like Power Rangers was my thing. I was like, no, that's not from. I'm done. I'm done. No more. Yeah, I don't care if there's action figures. I don't care if the pink one's cute. Whatever. I'm. Yeah. But like Pokemon, Pokemon, I never minded. Even though I don't like. Um, anime cartoons like that, like of that level of like, you know, <laughs> um, 
I liked the character design. <laughs> and I thought it was a fun idea. And the games were outstanding. So, I don't know. It skips around, because Pokemon came after Power Rangers. So... So we have 111 stories on our list right now. <laughs> one, one, one. We can just cut all my confused rant. I just don't <laughs> like being put in a box that I didn't get to make. <laughs> The number one comic on our list is No Normal, the inaugural Ms. Marvel story by G. Willow Wilson and Adrian Alfona. The 111th comic on our list is The Evil That Men Do, which is awful and really actually needs a different three numbers before it. Instead of 111, it should be 666 because that comic is evil. We'll get there. So... We'll point, of interest, point of interest, uh, 56 on the list, because we, we don't always mention that, is the 1984 Secret Wars. So if you're wondering kind of what's in the middle, there you go. All right. <laughs> I just think we don't always mention the stuff that's in the middle. So I thought. Oh, that's true. I we t- don't. I'm still petitioning for us, just uh, for, for not us, uh, for Steven to just select random books from the list <laughs> and say they're ranking instead okay. of the top and the bottom. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> Currently on our list, number ninety-two is the Ghost Rider Xmas special it's from twenty sixteen that was written by Method Man <laughs> <laughs> with art by Anthony Piper. I actually forgot we read that. I think Method <laughs> Man was in an episode. There was a there was a famous rapper who was in an episode of Burn Notice. I think it was Method Man. I and think it was Method Man too. Actually, th- and you know what? Uh, not bad. Not bad. But uh, this this book was bad, so there you go. So where does Avengers vs. X-Men go? Higher than you <laughs> want it to, but lower than I want it to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to make my pitch first, because okay. I think I'm going to get talked up. Uh-huh. But this is, this is the process that I went through. Looked at Civil War. It does go higher <laughs> than Civil War in my estimation. Uh, where I draw the line is actually at number... 83. I want to put it above War of Kings, but I don't want to put it above Longshot. I, oh, yeah, Longshot you was Longshot. more exciting to me. I, I kind of did, yeah. And at the very least, it was more exciting to me. It was new. It was different. It doesn't necessarily mean it was good, but I'll take novelty and innovation over, you know, the same old summer blockbuster event over and over again. So that's my pitch. Oh yeah, where nothing do you guys like, want to put nothing it? like Longshot? Odd, mediocre art. The hero has a terrible bullet. <laughs> never quite sure what his power is the whole time. Friggin' lay it out for me. Give me a graph and tell me who he can fight. Stupid. Oh, I'm lucky. Maybe I don't know. I can't remember my name. Longshot. Don't, don't bring that garbage here. This is this is the X Men. You and your Longshot. I like it because it's obscure. <laughs> Can go suck an egg. This 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 is episode number one on my top five John episodes of the podcast. <laughs> you know what it is? It's like a combination. I got a lot of sleep last night, but then I didn't because I like <laughs> fell asleep. I fell asleep at like nine solid, and then woke up at three thirty and was like, "Well, my day is starting now because because uh, we can't go back to sleep and got to start working a couple hours anyway." So. Uh, and, and so this is a combination of like loving the material, being generally tired, being generally stressed, depressed about you know, the world situation and everything, and uh, enjoying all y'all's company with uh, our comic podcast here. So it's a weird, it's a weird 
conflux is that a word it's a weird um uh, moment of all these things happening at the same time where i'm grumpy and happy to be here all at the same time <laughs> i don't know what's going on. uh my my pitch is uh is number 69 uh below twice Jeez. the fight before christmas and above untrawn unlimited you guys are lowballing me I, here i mean convince us it's an event and it has ties to other X-Men events. So we see Messiah Complex and Dark Phoenix that are at 17 and 19. Both are better than this book. Okay, so it's not going to go that high. <laughs> I don't like it as much as Runaways because I love Runaways. I can't remember much about Black Bolt Hard Time except he starts off in prison and it was pretty good. So maybe not that. Pursuit of Flight, forgettable. I don't really care, but you guys are going to go, but Beta Ray Bill is right after it, so you can't go there. So can't do that. Karnak is a better standalone story. What if Magic Became Sorcerer Supreme is something that you guys are going to go, but this is a really good one. Never ending struggle is untouchable because it's a really important issue. And you guys are, are you serious? Is this going to go book by book all the way down the list? I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell, uh, yeah, yeah, here we go. <laughs> the boys are back is heroes for hire. See, I can't even remember that. The boys are back. Is that the heroes for hire that I said we should read? Yes. Yep. Well, I like that one. Let's keep moving. <laughs> I think the problem it, the problem is is that it has to stand on its own as a story. You can't take into account any cool tie-in issues. What it did, too much of it. You can't you can't tie in too much of like. Well, this was an event comic that that shapes later events and is important for that reason, because it comes down to how good is this individual story, and so it's like fine. Um, I, I would put it at uh, 35, and so we'll settle somewhere in the low, high 50s, and I'll grumble about it some more, and we can go to bed. Because <laughs> I like this better than Forever, which is, it tees off a new series well, but it, like, there are some great moments in this book. And you do have to see it as, you know, a, a continuation of at least the story of Hope Summers. And, and am I a little, you know, inclined to like this book more than others because I really like the Hope Summers story? Yeah, shut up. And so, that, see, this is why I should have more debate experience because going is not really a valid argument. You'd be surprised. Hey, you remember how, you remember how, Emma, when she had the Phoenix Force, talked about sealing off the the Avengers Academy and criticizing the Avengers for having their militarized children and their youth rallies. And I'm like, Emma, are you part of the X-Men? Where militarizing children is kind of their whole deal? No, that's only if you're a really good student and you finish your homework and you grow up and don't want to leave school. It's different. Now, Jimmy, if you're a really good student and you get straight A's, you can go off and die for Charlie Xavier. You put it like that, it really puts a sour taste on the whole X-Men thing. That's really, that really is a low blow. <laughs> Steven, hold on, hold on. No judgment, no no griping about anything. I, who is, okay, you can't say Spider-Man. Who is your favorite superhero? Marvel superhero. Favorite Marvel superhero? Based on, based on the comics. Honestly, it's probably Silver Surfer. Okay. We have not, have we read... Anything besides Parable with Silver Surfer in it? He's technically in the, the Galactus trilogy. Well, yeah. Which we read that too. And he's in Marvels. I think that might be it. Oh, he is in Marvels, but that Marvels doesn't count. <laughs> Didn't we read that book where he goes into like space with that girl? 
I don't think we've read that for the podcast. That's on. That's near the top of my list of things that I want us to read. It's what if Silver Surfer was Doctor Who? It's pretty good. Isn't that uh, is it Mark is it Mark Millar who did a recent run of his that is kind of more Silver Surfer kind of like Doctor Who style like real sci-fi? Uh, Wade, I think Mark, Mark Wade. Wade. Okay, okay, we'll come back to that. Um, this book is is better than you think. Shut up. That's where I was. That was my stance. Um, <laughs> I think it okay going down lower towards the sixties. I would put it above the fight before Christmas and Demon in a Bottle. Is a high settle. I would settle for above Riri Williams. What number is that, Aldo? 62. So this huge event comic goes under What the Duck. (laughs) Done. Let's do it. To which I say, What the Duck. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's where it's going. Also, that Silver Surfer story was by Dan Slott. Dan Slott. (gasps) Not Mark Wade. Not Mark Wade. Yeah, it's good. It's Dan Slott and uh, who was the artist? I forget his name. Uh, Mike Allred. Uh, Yes, I like him. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's a good one. But that's not not for now. Okay, so we've got Riri Williams is Ironheart at sixty three, at sixty two Avengers versus X Men, at sixty one Howard the Duck. What the <laughs> duck? Hey, guess what? I'm going to gripe about for the rest of forever. <laughs> Hawkeye? No, no, that's that's old. That's passe. <laughs> people are tired of that argument. All the no people who listen to this. Um, <laughs> this is the this is good. This is my new Hawkeye. This is who I am now. No, sorry, well, I misquoted that. It's um, Bob's Burgers line is "This is me now." Okay, go on. <laughs> Although I think Stephen gets his way more than I do, and I don't like that. <laughs> uh, well, for next time, John, we're we're going back to your childhood for a nostalgic comic from your yeah, past. Yeah, Stephen saved the day. He's changing gears to where I like him again. Um, I, I, uh, we, I think it was, we were visiting Purdue University, uh, in Indiana, cause I grew up in Indiana and there was a spinner rack of comics and I grabbed Wolverine because that, I mean, it was the mid nineties. So who is the coolest character you're going to find? And there, there you go. And there was a, it was, a. I only have read one issue of this, so it's exciting to see like what more there is to the story, but, um, there's a, uh, Wolverine and Jubilee story we're going to read um, in the in the next in the next uh, installment of our saga through all of the Marvel Unlimited comics. What issues are yeah. those, Stephen? Yeah, so it's Wolverine Volume Two. Volume One is the miniseries that we already already read. Uh, Wolverine Volume Two, numbers seventy two, seventy three, and seventy four. Uh, I I don't know what to call this just yet because I haven't read it. We'll figure that out. We'll figure that out. Uh, the other comic that we wanted to read, um, if you like, we're paying attention over the weekend. You've probably heard, uh, we're recording this on uh, September 1st. I think it was the uh, 27th or 28th? 28th of, of August. Uh, Chadwick Boseman passed away. Uh, horrible. Just like, uh, makes me so sad. Nobody, nobody should die in their 40s of colon cancer. It's one of the most treatable, preventable, if you catch it early. But, I mean, I don't know. Uh, just the whole Chadwick Boseman thing. I'm not normally the type of person who gets upset over celebrity deaths. Just because, like, you don't have a real relationship with that person, right? They did some things that you liked, but you don't know them. Yeah. For some reason, like, and, and I don't want to, to like, 
discredit anybody's feelings who do take this sort of thing hard. Especially since, like, this one hit me, and I don't know why exactly, but I was really unhappy. Uh, it, it just really put a damper on things. And so we decided it was a good time to, to revisit some Black Panther stories. Um, and I found, I think I was just reading through the Black Panther uh, Wikipedia page uh, or something, I found reference to a story arc that feels both topical in the sense that it is a Black Panther story and also something that we might need to read right now. It's called Panther vs. the Clan. <laughs> Uh, it's issues 19 through 24 of the comic series Jungle Action, which was the Black Panther story, or the Black Panther comic for a while. Uh, just as a note, issue number 23 is apparently a reprint issue. We probably won't actually factor that one in on our ranking, because the story is 19, 20, 21, 22, and 24. But there it is. Uh, Jungle Action, numbers 19 through 24. Panther versus the Klan. Uh, apparently, at the time, it was controversial to actually tell stories about the Ku Klux Klan. I think it's. So, I think the Ku Klux Klan for a while was like copyrighted. Oh, interesting. I I don't know that much about it. I I think because I that, I think that's part of the reason why like they just straight up couldn't call them the Klan for like a long time. They still don't like Superman smashes the Klan. It's not the Ku Klux Klan. I mean, it is just not in the name. The name is the Clan of the Fiery Cross. Right. So I think you can call them the Clan. You just can't call them the Ku Klux Klan. And I think yeah. nobody wanted to I, argue with... Nobody wanted to get to the pedantics of the legality of the Clan with a K. Here at the Superhuman Registration Podcast, we are firmly against the Clan, whatever you want to call it. The Ku Klux Klan. The... We're against fascism, too. And I don't know if... Uh, Oh, I don't want to do this. Just Wu Tang. <laughs> that clan is fine. Yeah, no problem with they. They, are, <laughs> they ain't no one to bleep with. So, yeah. All right, let's <laughs> let's wrap this up. It's getting awkward. Oh, it's, it's got <laughs> does Does Ms. Marvel have a clan? Like, is it the Kamala clan? <sighs> it's pronounced Khan, you imbecile. <laughs> Oh, a joke. Kamala Khan is like number one, number one in, at this podcast. Come John's on. John's earlier joke like killed me, like because it was so good. That Kamala Khan joke killed me because it was so bad. <gasps> this never happens. Take that, Stephen. <laughs> oh, John, we both know that you're funnier than I am. I don't know if that. Can, I don't know if you can measure that. Also, I forget what joke Aldo's talking about. So let's. <laughs> <laughs>